you have your Bibles, however you get them, would you turn to John chapter 12. John chapter 12, and we'll begin at verse 20. If you don't have a Bible and you would like one, go ahead and you can take that one in the seat back in front of you and take it home with you as our gift. But turn to John chapter 12, beginning at verse 20. This is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you to do something I don't always do, but uh, sometimes. Would you stand as we hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus, as written to us by John? Now, there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, We would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and and Philip, in turn, told Jesus. Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant will be also. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Lord Jesus, come, minister to us. Help us to hear your voice, and may you bless the reading and teaching of your good news. For we ask this in your name. Amen. You may be seated. How many of you have ever had someone show up early when you, were, you weren't ready for them? Anybody? Lori and I learned, learned a thing when we were living in Ireland. Um, Europeans operate kind of on a different schedule, except the Germans, uh, but uh, they, uh, it's kind of like, if, you know, if they tell you to be there at 7 o'clock, they really mean about 7.20, 7.25, and so when we were first living there, we had a few of those experiences where we were going to be somewhere for dinner, and they told us what time, and we went, and we knocked on the door, and then you hear, oh no, they're here, and you hear scramble, and you know, all these kinds of things going on, you're just imagining on the other side of the door. Eventually, after a few years, somebody was bold enough to say, you know guys, when we say 7 o'clock, we really mean like 7.30 is fine, just roll in here around then. We're like, okay, uh, yeah, no problem. Thanks for letting us know. Some of you may have been on that side. Maybe you've been to a restaurant or a place and they were, you know, supposed to be open, but you get there and, and you, you see that there's not a hostess at the stand and it seems like the waiters are over doing those things. Do you feel ready? Do you feel like they were ready or welcome? Don't you kind of just wonder, you know, why did they even unlock the doors yet? You know, uh, they weren't ready for us. And in this story, what we have is we have some Greeks who want to see Jesus. Now, we've seen uh, throughout, if you want to read the, the earlier parts of John, we've seen different groups of people approach Jesus. 
And Jesus welcomes them, and Jesus has something to say to them, and all of these kinds of things. And always when Jesus is asked about miracles and stuff in the beginning of John up to this point, He always says, my time has not yet come. So we've obviously come to a pivot point because all of a sudden these Greeks are here. And Greeks, I saw some scholars who said these were Greeks who were followers of the Jewish way, but they would have been at the margins. I saw other scholars who said Greeks were kind of the outsiders. They were almost the antithesis of the Jewish way of life. And so one way or another, they're either at the margins on the inside of faith or they're on the outside of faith. But no matter what side you put them on, they had a request and they came to ask, Sir, we want to see Jesus. And you can almost see Philip like struggling, like, I wasn't expecting this. Uh, uh, What are we going to do? You know, it's like they're on the other side of the door, scrambling around and they're here. Oh no. And so he runs over and he asks Andrew, and you, I mean, you can, can't you just see this? Like if you're entering the story, like imagine you're the Greeks and you show up and you say to someone who you know is following Jesus, sir, we would like to see Jesus. And all of a sudden you just see the tension inside of him. You see, what do I do with this? And then you see him walk over to Philip and you can't hear them, but you can see, you know, and, and you see Andrew, I don't know. And then of course they go to Jesus. So at least they went to the right place, right? They went for answers. But Jesus calmly and smoothly just says, He sees this as the sign that those at the margins or those that have been kept at the outside are now here. And He says, finally, for the first time in the whole Gospel of John up till now, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. He's like, this is what I have been waiting for. This is what we are seeing. We wanted those people who were at the margins or on the outside of faith. We wanted them to be seeking. And we wanted them to come. And he wanted to tell Philip and Andrew, always be looking for those who are at the margins. And when they begin to seek and they ask you, show me Jesus, you show me to them. That's important. That should be a banner for our church. I know I used to I used to do some preaching around the South, and it wasn't uncommon for me to get up to the pulpit, and this verse would be right there, Sir, we would see Jesus. You know, in the old King James. It's a reminder. I know they put it up there for the pastor, but but it should be a reminder to all of us that when people who are at the margins or on the outside of faith ask to see Jesus, they should see Jesus in you. And we have to be ready. We can no longer afford to be a church that's scrambling around on on the other side of the door saying, oh no, they're here, what do we do with them? We have to be ready to receive. And so this weekend, we had our Come Together conference. And one, the first part of this, I want to go through it with you very quickly. Because it took a long time to get through in detail. But I want you to know that as we begin to move forward, I believe that there are ten things that God is asking us to do as a church so that we will not be scrambling around behind the door any longer. 
But we will be ready that when someone comes at the door and their heart, whether they say it with their words or their actions, that we would see Jesus, that we will be ready for them. And no longer will we be scrambling around. So I want to go through these quickly. We did record yesterday audio. uh, So if you want to hear the in detail part, you'll have to pick that up. We'll make that available as soon as we can. We're even thinking about at some point having Colin maybe videoing that so that we would have that available. You'd be able to see what we're doing. So this is what we are calling our 10-4 vision. Already not 10-4, good buddy, over and out. But 10 goals that we believe that God is going to help us accomplish in the next four years. Ten goals in the next how long? All right. Are you ready to wade into this? These are some God-sized goals. These are goals that only God can help us accomplish. But with God, we can do what? All things. That's right. So we're going to look at these. And I want you, I want to, again, how many years? All right, good. And I want everybody thinking, oh my goodness, like, what are we going to do? We've got four years and we've got God's help. I want you to, I want to go through these very, very quickly if we can. Some of the detail would be up there. Oh, let me turn that on. There we go. The first thing, and I know this is a very spiritual thing, isn't it? I want to pay off the mortgage. Now, I want you to know, I'm, I'm going to give you a little detail on this one. I want you to know that, uh, it will be paid in full by May of 2021. So just three years. We're going to, we will accomplish this one if we just stay like we're doing, right? If we're just keeping on, keeping on, it will happen. But I want you to know right now that it's currently the mortgage is under 200000 which is good. Your church board and finance team has worked very hard to make sure we are paying that and we are ready and we are on a fixed-term mortgage and it will be done at the latest May of 2021. That's good news. I want you to know about that. But I also want you to know that for the last nine or so years, or, or maybe seven or so years, uh, it takes up about one and a half weeks worth of budgeted giving. Somewhere in the neighborhood of fifty-seven to six six thousand dollars, fifty-seven hundred to six thousand dollars that we could be putting into ministry. But we are putting into this lovely building that we have. Don't hear me wrong. We have a great facility. But wouldn't you rather see what God could do with six thousand dollars in ministry rather than just paying a mortgage? And I want you to know, are we gonna, the question that God kept kind of bringing up to me as I was talking, talking with Him about this is, are we going to wait three more years before we can do that? Or is there someone here who says, you know what, you could give. And we could put that extra and we could get that done so that we could move on with what God is calling us to do. One of the other things that God, I believe, is going to have us do in the next four years is to hire an associate pastor. I just believe we're at the point where Pastor Jeff needs help. (laughs) And don't get me wrong, hiring Deidre has been wonderful. And uh, and she has been a great, great help in her increased capacity and, and the communication that's going out from the office. Hasn't that been wonderful? Don't you love getting your bulletin like that on a Sunday morning and the phone calls and those kinds of things? We have great, but there is need for more pastoral shepherding help. And that's coming up. And I believe that God is going to enable us to do that. We don't know what capacity. We don't know youth or children or whatever that might be. Some of that will have to go. But we will have to work through. But we have an average of 175 
We actually have about 250 people who call this home, and we need some help. It's time to have more pastoral help uh, as we continue to see what God is going to go. We do have someone a long time ago generously gave $20,000 when we get ready to hire. It's still sitting there. If there's anyone here who would care to match that, um, talk to me after the service. We'd be, we would love for you to do that. Um, the next part is that I believe that we have to not just be here ready to receive, but we also have to go. You know, at the end of, of the Gospels, we see Jesus say, Go into where? All the world. And it's part for us to do. We learn by going out into the world. And so I'm challenging you, in the next four years, we need to send one group internationally. I know, you know, some will say, can we go to Detroit or Chicago or something like that? And we will. I think those are great. But I think we need to get outside of our American uh, comfort zone and see the wider kingdom of God. See what God is doing out there in the world. And when we come back, we will come back with a passion to tell what we saw Jesus doing. What does, what does Jesus say here? He says, whoever serves me must what? In verse 26, must follow me. And where I am, my servant, what? Will be also. Jesus is at the margins. He's at the boundaries. That's where He says His name is glorified. And we have to go there. I think that's going to be important. Maybe God will lay it on your heart to lead. Again, we don't know where we're going. We don't know all those things. We just know that God calls us to go and we want to say what? Yes. Alright. We also need to start some recovery groups. There are hurting people in our community, in the community of Portage and Kalamazoo, all around us. And some of them, that's the margin for them. That's what they're either right on the inside or maybe find themselves on the outside because they are hurting. And they would come, if we would just have something, they would say, we would see Jesus. And I want them to see it here. We have, we have seen a great ministry started with our grief share. Thank you, Paul and Darlene, for, for getting that going. And we've seen folks come, and they're getting some help there. We'd love to start divorce care next. We're looking into that curriculum. And then we need to find some form of looking at substance abuse or process addictions and how we can begin to engage our community in ways that show them the transforming love of Jesus. I could say more about that, but on we go. I think it's important that we have a community or district project every other month. That means six times a year we're going to get outside the walls and serve our local community, either by serving our district or by serving our city. There are some incredible things that have happened there, and one of them is right, uh, right coming up. Take out your worship folder. Where's your worship folder? Look in your bulletins really quick. I need to hear rustling. Come on. I got a long way to go yet. All right? And I got 15 minutes to do it. Right here, Extreme Church Makeover in Lowell. We're going to help one of our other Nazarene churches in Lowell, which is just east of Grand Rapids, on June 7th, 8th, and 9th. That doesn't mean you have to be there the whole time. If you can give three hours, that's fine. They'll take it. They are trying to completely remake a church. How many of you have ever watched Extreme Home Makeover? At the end, does it look exactly the same as it did? No. It looks entirely different. We're doing that for a church. They need help. They need, actually, if some of you have construction or builder background, they really need your help. But there will be stuff for anyone to do. You can bring your kids. You can bring your teenagers. They can come and be a part of this. We learn by serving. 
This is a way to educate our kids. Plan to be there at least one of those days. That's a Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. And then we have our Kalamazoo United group. Last year we met and had a big service. We filled up Wing Stadium. It was awesome. This year we said no big service. We're going to do a big serve. And we're going to get together as churches all around Kalamazoo, Catholic and Protestant together, and we're going to go into Kalamazoo and Portage and the surrounding community, and we are going to do some service projects together. We're going to get to know one another. We're going to celebrate what we hold in common, and we're going to go out and serve in the name of Jesus. Don't you want to be a part of that? That's going to be this fall. We need to be... So we already have two already planned, and we didn't even, you didn't even know about this till today, or yesterday if you were there. All right. Some other things that we need to see. I would love to see us launch 10 new off-site small groups. We need to see this. We're maxing out on space when it comes to our life group hour at 10 o'clock. We need some of you to catch a vision that says, you know what, we could meet in a coffee shop. I need some of you to catch a vision because we need your help to volunteer. I need some of our Sunday 10 o'clock life groups to volunteer to say... You know what? We're going to meet on another day of the week or even after church so that we can help with kids, so that we can be greeters, so that we can be connection desk staff, so we can do all of these things. We need your help. Could you give up that 10 o'clock hour and say, you know what? I'll meet with three or four of those people at Starbucks the next day and we'll go over a book or do those kinds of things. We need your help. I need you to be praying about that. I need you to be thinking about that. Because there are people who are going to come and they want to see Jesus. And we need to be ready. All the way ready. We need to be there. Are you with me? There's some stuff here. You'll get into that later about growth track, about depth charge. We're going to have curriculum ready for you who want to start a new group. We want you to see that they're off-site. We've already kind of covered that. But we need also, because we are looking at, at some point in the next how many years? Four years. We're looking at a permanent second option for a service. We don't know what that's going to look like. We don't know the format. But there's a lot of studies I could tell you about. I'm not going to today about the 80% rule. When we get 80% full, then when new people come and want to see Jesus, they think that there's no place for them. Because the only seats that we leave open are on the front row. (laughs) And the only parking spots we leave are in the back row. And so we have to begin to think about this. We have to begin to get ready. And in the next four years, we're launching. We're doing some experimenting with Joe's Monday night service. And that's, that's awesome. But at some point, something will have to become permanent. We don't know what that will look like. Stay tuned. Hang around across Community Church long enough, and you'll see that come to fruition. All right. So we, we also want uh, to launch a satellite campus. Uh, This is something that our denomination is looking into at seeing where strategically do we need to plant some churches. Now, this is not going to be the typical where we just take some of you and we say, hey, uh, go out and do this and uh, hire a pastor and they probably need to be bivocational and it's going to be financially unsustainable and all those kinds of things. Through technology, we can do all kinds of incredible stuff. But we are looking at the fact that there is no church, there is no holiness church, no church of the Nazarene between here and St. Joseph. And there's not one between here and Grand Rapids, South Grand Rapids. And so we're looking into those. And probably our first camp, campus in how many years? Four years. We'll probably be west of Kalamazoo. I've really been praying about Paw. 
Some of you actually live out that way. That's right. So nice they named it twice. It's good, good place. It might be that some of you feel called and that second service option will become that church that will be launched and sent out to Pawpaw sometime in the next four years. If God blesses us and you guys catch the vision and we do it sooner than that, then we'll begin looking somewhere in North Kalamazoo County. And after that, maybe we'll be in South Portage or somewhere out Galesburg, Augusta. You just don't know. You need to stay connected and engaged. And is God calling you there? Is God asking you as his servant to be where he is. Will you pray about that and connect? We don't know where, when that's going to take place, but sometime in the next four years. Please stay tuned. We also have a wonderful preschool ministry here at this church. It's time, folks, for us to be intentional about it. This means that we have to begin to get involved in some of the volunteer opportunities. We need to show up when they have Christmas things. We talked yesterday about they do a wonderful Christmas presentation. What if they did that for us on a Sunday morning and we got to see everything and all those things? I don't know if you've ever been here, but those events, if you come and we do that on a Sunday, guess what, church members? You're going to be sitting out in the foyer because this place is packed. And we want them to be here. We want them to see that we love them, that we are ready for them, that we, when they say we want to see Jesus, we're ready to show them from the moment they walk into the door for their kids, for their teens, for the adults. It doesn't matter if they're a senior citizen or an infant. We need to be ready for them. And it's time for us to get things together. We want to see this happen. If we somehow do this, uh, get, see ten families come to, to our church and become a regular attender and a part of us and join us, then we'll just up it by five more and keep going until everybody at the daycare is connected to some church. If they're already connected, we're not into stealing. Okay? But we want to do this. We want to see this happen. And then finally, I don't want to bore you with all of this, But I want to tell you just briefly that for us to grow as a church, for us to grow as a church, this is just a fact, we lose 10% of our congregation almost every year due to folks who die, folks who transfer away for job reasons, those who move because it's too cold here and they retire and they go to Florida or Texas or Arizona. We lose these folks. So even if we grow by 10% in a year, we are what? Staying even. And so I know there's a tendency when we talk about numbers to think, oh, pastor's just concerned about numbers and all those kinds of things. But numbers represent people. Do you believe that God still longs to impact people's lives with the transforming love of Jesus Christ then we can't keep doing the 10 just maintaining the 10% and that means that in the next 12 months we're averaging I, I just rounded up a little bit 180 we need to invite 180 people to join us sometime for a service We need to invite them. You need to invite them to sit with you. We need to be ready for those that God just sends, like these these Greeks in the story. But we need to be intentional about inviting. And we want to begin to see and ask God and pray, would you help us to retain at least 15%? 
So we begin to see this, and the next year we'll have another goal. If our, if our average attendance is going up, that's the goal for the next year. We want to see that many new people come in. And so we need to learn how to invite. And you're going to be hearing some more sermons on how do we share our faith? How do we share what God is doing in us? Some of the small group curriculum that we are, are looking at will teach some of these things as well, if you're interested in that. So do you see how this begins to tie all together, so that when somebody shows up and says, We want to see Jesus. We are ready, Cross Community Church. We're no longer scrambling, trying to figure out what to do. But we have been trained and we have been equipped and we are ready to go where Jesus would have us to go. This is important stuff. This is what we are called to do. And we need to remember what Jesus' last word says. My Father will honor the one who thinks nice thoughts about me? Nope. My Father will honor the one who has a lot of head knowledge about faith and all those things? No. My Father will honor the one who shows up every Sunday and even raises one hand in worship? No. My Father will honor the one who what? Serves me. That's our question today, church. Are you ready to serve Him? We serve Him by being ready for those at the margins. By going to find them. To bring them in. By inviting by getting trained, by being ready. This is what we are called to. This is what it means to be cross-community church of the Nazarene. We can settle for nothing less. And I believe that it all begins with prayer. With a heart that is willing. I felt like God wanted me to say this. Jesus says in there, After the hour has come, he says, Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. What stops us from this? What stops us from being ready? It's when we try to control what God does. And I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if it was just that last week I was really struggling with allergies. Any allergy sufferers? And my eyes were watering all the time. And my nose was running. And I didn't like it. It's not fun. But somehow as I was reading and preparing, it, it was almost like I, I sensed that Jesus was saying, how, how do I know, Jesus, that I'm, I'm serving you? How do I know that I've, I've let my, my control stuff die? He's, it was almost as if he said, Jeff, it's like being allergic to controlling God. And you see some of the same things when that happens. I know, guys, you're not going to like this. But you see tears. And you see a soft heart. And, and yeah, you might see a runny nose. That's why we actually have Kleenex at the altar. You know that? Because we're ready to say, God, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. I don't know. I'm, I'm constantly scrambling around. I'm just praying that a friend of mine doesn't ask me to show them Jesus. 
How can I know that I've surrendered control? I want you to know that in some instances, and a lot, a lot of, of the writers in ancient times will say something about the gift of tears. This allergy to letting God, to trying to control God. I'm allergic to that. It's, it's something that my, my very core of my being does not want to allow to be in me anymore. It resists by tears, by crying, by saying thank you, Lord, by being grateful. So today, I wonder, are there some of us here who want to embrace, I know this sounds strange, but embrace being allergic to controlling God? If that's you and you want to say, God, I'm tired of scrambling. And I hope it's, it's a lot of us. I think it's time that we just spend a little time in prayer today. So I'm going to ask Lori to come. I'm going to ask you all to stand. When I shared this, these ten things with the board, one of them said, you know what, every one of these things is going to need a cheerleader. Today, I want to ask you, is there one or maybe a few of them that God has laid on your heart? That you're saying, I don't know about that one, I don't know, but something inside is telling me that I need to become allergic to controlling God in this, and I need to, I need to go and surrender that to Him. I want to be a cheerleader for that. I want, I want to hold on, I want to do that. I want to, I want to see that one accomplished. That's going to be my thing in the next four years. I'm going to help, I want to plan, I want to do those things. Whatever one there are, and there are ten of them. Would you come? Would you kneel and begin right now to pray? To say, God, I, I, I want to yield control. If you want to give me the gift of tears to show that I'm allergic to controlling you, then you go ahead and do that. But I'm, I'm going to figure this one out. I want to be with you on this. If that's you, would you come? Are you going to be a cheerleader for getting rid of the mortgage? Are you going to be a cheerleader for who will be our associate pastor? Are you going to be a cheerleader for sending people out on a missions trip? Are you going to be a cheerleader for starting a small group somewhere? Are you going to be a cheerleader... We could go through all of them, but I don't want to preach the message again. If that's you, will you come? I'm not gonna, and you're not gonna be someone here who says, okay, so which one did you sign up for? <laughs> don't let that stop you. Come, be a part of this, say yes. Be allergic to controlling God. Let God work in your life. If that's you, would you come? Just come. This may be your first day here and something grabbed you. That might be God saying, hey, I know it's your first day, but we're going to find some way to tie you in here and I need you to be my cheerleader. Maybe you have a heart for places like Paw Paw or North Kalamazoo. Would you come? Would you come? Would you come? Don't wait. Let's pray. Father, There are those who have come. And I pray, I pray that many more of us will catch the vision of what you long to see happen in Cross Community Church. That you long to transform us from being a fearful church and a scrambling church into a faithful church, into a ready church into a church that's ready to receive and a church that's ready to go and find and all to share the transforming, accepting, welcoming love of Jesus Christ that cleanses us from the inside out.
So God, come. Those who have come and said they want to surrender control to you. For those who have come and said they want to be a cheerleader for one or more of these things. Would you pour out your spirit upon them? And may they have power to trust you. May they have the gift of faith over these next four years. May they have the strength in your spirit to do all things to accomplish the goals that you have laid before us. Help us, wake us up, that we might pray and be with you. And in all things, to be where you are, and to rest in your promise that says your Father will bless us and honor us as we serve. And we pray all of these things. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Receive this blessing. And now may you, may you receive the gift of tears. The gift that says, I am letting God be in control. May you receive the excitement for what God could do in you and through our church. And may you welcome the strength of His Holy Spirit in all you do. I pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Go in peace. Have a great, great afternoon.